0: It's May the 29th, 2013. This is 508, a show about Worcester. Today on the show is Brendan Melican, and guess what we have, Brendan? What do we have? We have a 3D printed copy of the Turtle Boy. Look at that. That is amazing. Yeah. It's kind of, that one's kind of fragile. I'm sorry. It cracked, but yeah. It did crack. Um, Where did this come from? This was printed by a friend of the show, Jack, and it's it's made out of ABS plastic, and you know, we have, there's a digital model online. Yeah. Uh, theoretically, people could have this machined from platinum or titanium or wood or something. Sure. We just happened to get an ABS plastic. I don't know, if, have you ever seen a 3D printer in action?
1: You yes, You know the concept of this. Yeah, well, you know, I, a bunch of architects that we work with uh, now use them for uh, renderings as opposed to your traditional watercolor uh, BS kind of uh, early stage rendering. They they'll, print a building? They'll do a 3D model, a mock up of a building because once you have something in, in, in a CAD uh program it's it's trivial to go from either dump it into a a 3d printer or just send it out to a printer for an actual paper print job so a lot of folks are actually doing mock-ups uh to show off in advance because they're a little bit sexier than than paper drawings they are but this is the first local icon that i've seen and uh that's pretty
0: amazing i have to say too like you know as part of this project i've just ended up staring at uh photos of the turtle boy Mm -hmm. the turtle boy statue itself uh, as well as, uh, I don't I don't know. Break that. as, well as I don't even know, like just as well as staring at as like this three D model for hours and hours. This is a great statue, Brendan. That
1: is a great statue. It's a
0: really beautifully made statue. Like every single aspect of the statue is so elegant and nice. I
1: would uh, be more than happy to contribute some uh, funds uh, to get Viewer Jack uh, into. Pumping these out so we could start giving them as gifts on the new show for special guests. How much Just,
0: would you? Pay? Let me ask you. How much would you pay for an? Ex- for this. For this statue, for example, if it wasn't cracked.
1: I don't know. I mean, I, see, I, because. you, you you know, I'm actually kind of fascinated by 3D printers, so I've yeah. looked at the price of the resins and whatnot that you use. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in theory, once you've bought the printer, right, what's it worth more than the, the, the designs are free, they're out right. there, and then the, the plastic is really the cost once you own the printer. Right. So I don't know. I mean, it, it, that's, I think, the, the interesting thing about 3D printing, right? I mean, it, as kind of like a disruptive technology is that you kind of remove so much of the value away from manufacturing. Right. Buying something like that, you'd probably uh, spend way more than it it's would actually.
0: It's unclear be. how much it is. Should it's be, unclear. It's how much it
1: should be worth. That's... I, I, don't know. That you know, I
0: don't know. it's like It used to be like, how much is this picture worth? Well, I don't know how long did it take you to make it. Now it's like, how much is this picture worth? Well, color copies are probably around a dollar a sheet, so it probably is about a dollar.
1: <laughs> right, once the original is, is, is done, you know, and in, in, in the mock-up is out there, or the, the designs are out there, the, the value dissipates. It's, uh, it's interesting stuff. How
0: much is the new Daft Punk album worth? About a minute of my time <laughs> finding it <laughs> for download. Exactly. Um, so today on the show, we're going to talk about a couple of things. I guess we're going to, we're going to, mostly we're going to talk about politics stuff, I guess, this week on the show. Um, there's been a lot of resignations in the last week impacting Worcester. Former Worcester mayor and lieutenant governor Tim Murray has resigned from the being the lieutenant governor uh, under a bit of a cloud, and he's going to become the head of the Chamber of Commerce in Worcester. Uh, John Frizzolo uh, has resigned from this, being our state rep under a cloud. Um, Joe O'Brien not under a cloud bucking the trend. city councillor and former mayor Joe O'Brien is not going to run for city council again um, and so there's a lot of like those are a lot of there's a lot of gaps um, and we have a, we have a local elections also it's happy birthday Holly It's Holly's birthday today Happy birthday. Um, it's also, uh, uh we, we have a, a, local, we have a, I guess we have a special Senate election coming up Yes. real soon, but we Very also soon. have these, we don't talk about these things. This is a show about Worcester. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, the upcoming elections for city council and school committee. These are the two elected bodies that sort of deal with the city of Worcester and what kind of, all this money and all this stuff and these school buildings and these like streets and sidewalks, all of this this beautiful, amazing stuff is dealt with by the school committee and the city council. So, something that we have done, inspired by the great media pundit Jay Rosen, is to ask people, what do you, what issues do you, no I shouldn't say what issues, let me phrase this in a simple way. What do you want the candidates to be discussing as they run for election this fall? What do you want to hear them talking about? And so on this show, we can get into horse race stuff. We can get into who is part of what political machine. We can get into who has what relationship with Tim Murray or whatever behind the scenes. But we don't really focus on that on this program. We're interested in, like, to try to focus on the real stuff. And we're interested to ask you and to ask other people face-to-face, what is the real stuff? So this is a show where we're going to try to come up with our our list of questions uh, that we want to ask people. Whenever we interview them on the show, the questions that we want to hear people talking about when they're doing debates, the kind mm-hmm. of questions that we want to hear other interviewers asking the people. And to the extent that anyone actually talks about this stuff during the campaign, we will report what they said on this show. To the extent that they talk about other stuff, we will generally, I think, ignore Do what they're saying. Is. To the extent that people are doing whatever kind of weird campaign stunts, Again, I think we'll tend to ignore them on the show unless, unless they're, they're really super good stuff. Unless they involve literally involve barf bags, fire, F- something about fire. Uh, sure,
1: motocross bikes is or always a, a big winner.
0: The wire, referencing the wire. Yes. But uh, anyway, so here, so we got a, a lot, of, a lot of potential questions here, Brendan. Let me um, let me run these down, and uh, get, we can get your two cents as we go through this. Slot machine, slot parlor in Worcester. Big question people want asked.
1: Yeah, and, and that's an easy one too. But it, it's at the same time it ties into uh, a bigger question about development overall. You know, I mean, because the, the the slots parlor question can be summed up in one word, right? Are you in favor or you're not in favor? Yeah. Yes or no. I mean, it's that it. Yeah. Uh, it's that simple. Uh, but it does tie into a bigger, uh, which I think we touched on last year. Uh, when we're doing these questions with potential candidates is what views on development as a whole and where something like that fits into it.
0: And what city government's role is in development right. and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so slot parlor was one thing. Um, we can also run through the questions we asked last time. We actually, I think we asked too many questions last time and some of the questions we asked last time were, 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 easy, were easy to evade. Right. So I think this time we want to try to get down to maybe just like three or four or five questions that we're going to focus on on the show. Uh, what's your position on school privatization? Uh, information to uh, access ci- access to infor- city information. You know, ha- uh, the police or whoever have all this information. How should people have access to it? Um, local government's role in regulating our day-to-day lives. Candidate's personal vision for the city. Questions connecting to sustainability. The relationship between the city council and the city manager. Neighborhood councils uh, and the city's responsibility for development. Um, One somebody has suggested that we should talk about uh, City Square. That City Square seems to be not going off the rails, but departing, deviating from the original vision a little bit. That we're getting a lot of just like big, um, big buildings that have nothing really going on on the street level, which is just sort of like, kind of like what was there before.
1: Plus a road. development question. I mean, right. I, I think a lot of people were excited uh, when we first saw those watercolors that now would probably be a 3D model. That, that there of, would be uh, hot dog vendors yeah. and children and we, with balloons. And, 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 we've, and we've banned just about everything that we got excited about uh, seeing walking around on the, those sidewalks. We're there.
0: just going to have these monoliths, impenetrable <laughs> monoliths. Uh, appropriate use of eminent domain is one thing that people have asked about. Uh, the role of the Worcester Redevelopment Authority is something that people have asked about. That's a, a, that's a city,
1: a city, what, a city... Well, it's an authority, so it's a okay. quasi-governmental agency that okay. actually has powers uh, assigned to it. Uh, I believe it's under the state uh, constitution or the, okay. the, the state, the MGL. Um, but we have a WRA that really hasn't been active uh, for a long time. Whereas, if you look at Boston, the Boston Redevelopment Authority has been, you know, pretty much the big mover of uh, economic, a uh, big mover in terms of uh, economic engine and development, mm-hmm. going back to, uh, geez, I think it was the '60s. or it could have been actually the 50s, but the Nixon administration, yes. Um, And that was, uh, I mean, that's really been the thing that that has led quite a bit of the development in Boston. Not all of it, but a significant portion. Ours is pretty much dead. Uh, We have it. What we but what we also have that seems to have gotten more of the attention over the last uh, decade or so has been the Worcester Business Development Corporation, right. which doesn't have a lot of the same uh, legal powers that uh, a quasi-governmental or- authority like the WRA would have.
0: So, so, and, and so we've seen the WRA in recent months. We've seen there being a lot more activity around the WRA. It seems. I mean, I think a lot of it is just speculation as to what their future role in the city might be. Right. Well, I mean, we've seen, like, lots of items up before the city council yep. and reports and whatever's around the Worcester Redevelopment Authority. Um, so I think just questions about what's going on with that would be somebody has asked about that.
1: That uh, probably ties it directly to the question about eminent domain because that right. is something that as a governmental aid, uh, entity would have more power or more sway over uh, matters such as eminent domain than a fully private entity such as the Worcester Business Development Corporation.
0: So people have suggested that we should ask about uh, Dealing with wicked problems. This wicked problems is a term which I'm not going to be able to remember the exact definition of right now. But it's basically that there are problems which there is no good clear solution. Like honestly, everybody will admit there's no good clear solution to certain problems. And so, so it's not just like a, a regional colloquialism, like uh, you know, like it's that's not a like wicked, wicked not as in like, wicked good. No, okay, I'm okay. not. I am not. I'm not from New England, and I do not use the word wicked in any but the witch sense. So wicked problems would be problems, for example, like the city's auditors retiring soon. We're going to have all these pension liabilities coming up in the city. Our pipes are old. We're always having these fights with the Environmental Protection Agency in the city. And so uh, some sort of question about wicked problems would be along the, the lines of how should we be going about finding the least bad yeah. solution to these problems? Rather than what do we do about the old pipes, saying like, what would you, what process? What would you like the process to look like? as we try to think of how to deal with our old, our aging 150-year-old sewer pipes.
1: Right, because it's gotten to the point where, like, using those as an example, replacing them piecemeal or repairing them piecemeal would take forever right. uh, and would be so costly it's not even uh, really almost worth the effort uh, in, in the, the, way, the rate where they were going. But re- almost reinventing the wheel to come up with a new system is probably the only way to tackle a problem like that.
0: Yeah. Um, people, A couple of people on Facebook actually really want us to ask about chickens. Really? You know, the city council, like, what did the city council said that it would might be okay for people to own chickens, and then the city said we would have to hire somebody because there would be a lot more inspection work involved if people were allowed to own chickens in the city, and then the city council, the city was just like, well, whatever, we're not going to hire somebody, so forget about owning a they chicken. They kind of walked
1: away from it, and apparently everyone just went out and bought chickens anyways so. there's, I mean, there's,
0: there's a ton of people in the city with chickens. So this is maybe a good question to ask people, too, about, like, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you want the city? Do you want to see the city crack down on all these illegal chicken owners? Um, urban, there, we'll have a
1: yeah. da- dangerous foul uh, <sighs> ordinance.
0: We're going to talk about Bill Eddy in a second. Uh, <laughs> urban agriculture, g- various green kind of stuff, sustainability stuff, um, transparency. A lot of these are things which we're, we sort of asked the last year, too. Uh, somebody says, said that we should ask school committee members about computer science curriculum. We might not have actually covered the school committee race this year. Like, you know, we, we tend not to cover races that we have a personal conflict um, involving, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, uh, Tracy Novick, longtime panelist on this show, you know, has been on the school committee for a couple of terms now and is running for re-election. Yeah. And so it might be just fun to have Tracy on the show throughout this election season to talk about other stuff mm-hmm. and not worry about covering the school committee race. So we may actually not cover school committee on this program um, because it's just such a weird thing to have a panelist who's running for an office that you're theoretically covering. Um So that would be, that's like the big list of stuff. Then also, as a bonus, of course, we need to ask them something uh, a little bit ridiculous. Um, I think we go back to, this is again something I should have written notes down about, because I'm not going to remember. Was it the mayor of Reykjavik? In Iceland, yes. In Iceland, some years ago. uh, Was this guy who was this sort of like um, comedian slash performance artist guy? I think by uh, profession
1: he's officially a clown. Okay, he's a clown. He's a classically trained yeah. clown.
0: And this way, he was elected during this time of great economic turmoil in Iceland to just just be like, we're not going to hire some dirty politician or lawyer, so we're going to hire this this crazy Abby Hoffman-type figure. And one of the things that he said was that he was like, my political party will, will work with any politician from any party as long as they've watched every episode of the television show The Wire.
1: Perfectly reasonable. And
0: it's perfectly reasonable. It's perfectly reasonable. Only, first of all, it's obviously hilarious. Second of all, The Wire has is like this sort of novelistic treatment of uh, the, the, the organizations that generate power in a city, from unions to government to the newspapers to the police to the drug dealers yeah. to the school teachers. Um, and so the, I guess the idea being, like, if you've seen The Wire, at least we have a common vocabulary. We can talk about Hamsterdam and whatever, and you'll know what we're talking about. Absolutely. And, in, and, and you know that if you do not play, you cannot lose. <laughs> <laughs> or, I should say, you do not, if you do not, you, you cannot lose if you do, do not play. I and think you also that. know that the game is rigged. And the game is rigged. Yeah. And Amanda's got to have a code. So, we should probably, so the last time around, we asked people, who's your favorite character on The Wire? To which some candidates could answer and some could not, because uh, they haven't seen The Wire. And honestly, if you haven't seen The Wire, I think you, if you're running for city office, you would actually get a huge amount out of the wire. But I don't want to tell anybody that they need to watch fifty hours of television.
1: No, it, but it is one of those things that, I mean. If, even if you live in a city and you kind of like the idea of living in the city, it, it's a pretty, even though it's, it's you know most it's fiction. I mean, it's still a really good overview of, of the relationship, as you said, of all these different entities that, yeah. that function in the city and keep those kind of engines running. It's a good show. It's a great show. It might be too much. There might be too much sex and violence for some people.
0: And swearing. I'm pretty sure everyone that's uh, seeking office this year is of age. All right. Well, some people don't, just don't, don't care for that on their television. Um, another question that we asked people the last time is, how much can you bench? Which is inspired a little bit from that movie, uh, uh, Best in Show. Let me ask you a question. This may be a little bit off the path. How much weight do you think I could bench press? Just make a guess. Ballpark figure. Absolutely. 315 pounds. I mean, I was in that's top so. shape. I don't know if I could make it down to the end of this arena and back. Now, deadlifted over 500.
1: And, and that, I think, is a completely valid question, but I also think it's one that everyone had a really hard time with because, well, we don't have a lot of people hitting the gym. I, I was actually thinking, as you were talking now, that either pull-ups or push-ups might be a more reasonable um, sort of uh, feet of strength. Because they could just
0: their... do it on the show.
1: Yeah, I mean, they could even find out uh, in front of us. Or, you know, I think it's something someone's more likely to be able to gauge what their ability is. If you've never actually tried to bench press, just coming up with a number is, is probably difficult.
0: How many push-ups can you do? Push-ups? You're super wiry and you go to the gym.
1: Yeah, no, I, 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 a fair, fair amount.
0: I can only do 25.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be up there with you. The most that I'd ever done was just under 60 in a minute.
0: Man, in a minute?
1: Yeah. What? And it's... Yeah. This is when you were in, in the military. No, it was in the mid-50 range. I was never in the military.
0: <laughs> so, um, so those are, and I have to say, just to clarify, because we should spend a lot of time talking about our criterion for asking candidates, how much can you bench? Lifetime, one rep max. Mm-hmm. So I think Bill Coleman...
1: But this is all we need to was too, probably
0: is. the number one person cuz Bill Coleman when he was younger could bench some ungodly amount of weight. It was like the entire east side like of Worcester. 500. People can watch that episode and find out how much it was.
1: The um, well we could probably ask the folks from Go Local Worcester, who uh, stole the uh, oh. photograph from that episode for their uh, city council uh, wrap up. I'm about. sure that
0: they create I'm sure that their that their website is uh, is is uh, is under a creative commons share like license. <laughs> yeah. So it's totally fine that they use our photo of Bill Coleman.
1: Um Yeah, but again, that's one. I I think their other problem is, too, if someone who is seeking attention uh, for their candidacy goes out and tries to uh, max out, uh, and they, like, you know, slip a disc or something like that, I would hate to be liable for uh, somebody's medical costs uh, because they were trying to impress us.
0: So, I guess we got to figure out what we're going to ask people. Oh, you, so I guess we gotta figure out what dumb questions we're gonna ask people too. I don't know if they're dumb questions. They're just, I feel like many journalists ask people a lot of softball questions, which are in actuality ridiculous, yeah. but are not on the surface ridiculous.
1: and I mean, I think a lot of times too, I mean, it's, it's, you, you think of a politician, you're automatically interested in what their ideas of policy are. But that said, it doesn't really tell you anything about who they actually are as an individual in terms of their character. Yeah, um, I always think. I mean, it's. I'm sure there's going to be some people watching who think it's a cheap shot, but I, I still think one of the greatest things in recent political uh, history in terms of interviews was Katie Couric asking Sarah Palin what newspaper she reads. Right. I mean, such yes. a simple question, and that one simple question that pretty much went unanswered. Uh, gave a massive amount of insight into who Sarah Palin was as an individual and kind of changed the way she was viewed uh, by a significant portion of the country. Um, some of these questions, even though they're trivial, they also do give you a little bit more insight into somebody's personality and their character beyond, uh, like you said, the softball questions about policy that you know people are probably rehearsing in the mirror as we speak right now. So
0: what do we want to ask people? Because so some of these questions we asked the last time... I don't know. Neighborhood councils... Do I have a pen? Let me get a, let me, let me get a pen. Can you, can you draw on this? Can you draw on this, maybe? Sure. What would you like um, to draw? Could you put down... Could you cross off the one about neighborhood councils? Because we ask people neighborhood councils, everybody basically says that they're in favor of neighborhood councils. And neighborhood councils don't seem like they're very close to being a thing. No. And so...
1: You know, it, and it's, it's funny, though, because that's one of those things that I think goes... It's very cyclical. Either you have people discussing uh, the, the, their want and desire for neighborhood councils, or you have people discussing their want and desire or opposition to uh, strong mayor. Yeah. Rarely do you hear those two things spoken in the same, at the same time frame or general time frame. Uh, and it seems like more and more people are somewhat rumbling around the idea of a strong mayor push in the city. Both on the council, you hear some people talking of it, uh, and then the the city as a whole. I think a lot of that is just because you know you you look at your average lifespan of a a city manager, and uh, Mike O'Brien, I think, is kind of hitting that point where Mm. you tend to see people uh, turn some turnover in in that role. So I think that's the sort of thing that always kicks off that conversation. So you have you have more you have
0: more orderly succession if you have elected. Executives, rather than
1: right. And executives. I, I, I think that might be a question that might be worth throwing out, just to see what people's thoughts are in our form of government. But again, it's but well, it's an
0: easy one. Let's say this: we're going to ask somebody some kind of question about slot machines slash economic development. Yeah, is that right? Yes. What's that? What? How do we phrase that question?
1: About um, yeah, that's great. Yeah.
0: Do you do you would you like to see a slot parlor? How about I mean, what about just like, would you like to see a slot parlor? would you like to see this proposed slot parlor materialize and what would be your maybe just what would be your bare minimum mitigation agreement that would need to happen?
1: Yeah because yeah, hopefully I mean the folks that are running for office in the city are going to find themselves better informed on what could actually go into a host agreement uh, more so than we have been um, and yeah I, I think taking that and, and tying it into a larger economic development picture you know would you be in favor of a slots parlor yes or no? Uh, And then, uh, how do you see that fitting into a long term vision for economic development in the city?
0: Okay, so that's a two parter. Yeah. But it could go
1: either way, right? I mean, because the the absence thereof also impacts uh, economic development because we're still stuck with a 14-acre hole in the ground without a slot problem.
0: So we're so we're sort of asking this economic development question, but we're tying it around that brownfield.
1: And, and, and I think fairly so in a way, only because that's the one significant development package that's on the table now, in the same right. way that years ago City Square was the one significant development package that was going to eat up a huge parcel of land one way or the other. And if, even if you were opposed to it, you still would hopefully have some ideas what you'd rather see uh, taking place in, in that region.
0: I think we should ask about chickens too, because chickens seems like it's a similar like, generality slash specific question where you can say, like do you, do you think that people should be able to own chickens in the city of Worcester? Mm-hmm. And you know, do you support the city in spending money to hire somebody to do that? Or how does that? How does that? How do you want that all to shake out?
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, in the chicken one, I think though it, it also falls back on how, how do you propose dealing with the folks who already have them. Um,
0: okay. So this is a question which is like, do you support chickens? In, do you support chickens in the city of Worcester? You know, if the answer is yes. Um, you know, if the answer is and, and then and if the answer is no, then like explain to us why this is a it could just be why a bigger is question, wrong. too. Of
1: why uh, of do you support the idea of urban urban farming? Uh, you know, uh, on any scale. You know, okay. I mean, that's that's something that I mean, you know, whether it be you know backyard gardens uh, of the victory uh, sort or something involving some some form of, of of live animal and whatnot. I think everybody would have a different tolerance for what is appropriate in, in an urban area, and a lot of cities are dealing with those questions, and I think they only seem silly until you're actually faced with having to deal with those questions yourself. Uh, You know, should people be allowed to have their front yards taken over with a garden as opposed to only in the back? You know, you've got a lot of cities that actually have zoned out uh, what areas of people's private property can be used for uh, things like gardening and you know small-scale farming and whatnot?
0: So this is a question which is like, do do you support do you support urban agri you know is basically to say well chickens have been this thing people talked about should you be able to own chickens in the city? Do you support urban agriculture in Worcester? Um, and how would you like to see you know how would you like to see the city deal with the with these problems that are apparently going to come out of this involving yeah. having to hire inspectors and whatever if this kind of activity is happening?
1: Right because, yeah, okay. I mean, ultimately that's what it comes down to. Is it something that the city even needs to be involved in? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, do we need a parakeet inspector or a pigeon inspector as well, too? Or can we just take for granted the fact that chickens are, have been around humans for quite some time and only become a problem with the flu every you know what happens ten years with, or so? You know what happens when
0: people on chickens? In Bill Hedy's
1: mind? What's up? People get eaten by foxes. They get, to get eaten by foxes. And next thing, they'll be asking for goats, and, you know, it just it steamrolls from if there. If you have
0: a goat, we're going to have mountain lion attacks in the city. Yep. Anyway...
1: You know where it ends. It ends with people dying. Everyone dies. So one chicken.
0: So we got chickens. We got slots. What else? What else is on there? That seems like um, what, what else is on? You know, what, or just from what is, what is sticking in your mind here? What else do we need to ask
1: people? Well, the trivial questions. I, I had mentioned this to you before. I would love to see uh, people be able to rattle off, uh, you know, everyday carry items. Okay. I think this is probably not something that's relevant to a lot of folks. But I mean, as someone who has a hard time leaving the house, like in an OCD sense, with. a set number of things that, you know, always have lots of things on me, but every day there are certain things, usually chapstick, a tin of Altoids, my wallets, and a pocket knife, right? I mean, and a pen, you know, Fisher Space pen, like I just can't leave the house without, without those things being on me. I'd be really curious to see both uh, existing uh, candidates, or existing uh, officials and, and candidates for office, the, the things that they actually leave the house with every day, because again, it's a character thing, you know? It's, Do we right? want to ask about The Wire? I think the wire can fit in there too, and you know, I mean,
0: do we want to ask about how much you can bench or how many push-ups you can do? Lifetime max.
1: Personally, I would go for I would go for push-ups, okay. and I would love to actually see feats of strength. I would I would actually rather people hit the deck and, and show us what they can do, either push-ups, pull up, something along those lines. It's uh, some of these people are old. They are, but I mean, we're 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 asking people to stake out a leadership position here, and uh, I think that's uh, you know. I, I think there's a physical component to, um, a stamina component right. to uh, the, the the leadership role as well. All
0: right. So we got chickens. We got we got three dumb questions. We got chickens. We got um, slots.
1: You had, a, the, last year, was sustainability um, and the personal vision for the city, too. I mean, those are, the sustainability thing probably ties in to some extent with the urban agriculture, if we're going to be asking that. I don't know how far we have yeah, to go beyond that. Sort that. Of seems
0: like a, that sort of seems like it can spin into sustainability, the urban agriculture. Plus, I don't feel like anybody had any good answers as far as sustainability. I also don't know that people had personal vision for the city would be a good one to ask. Here's
1: the question: Do you think Worcester is sustainable?
0: <laughs> you th- okay, so there's a sustainability question. Do you think Worcester is a sustainable? And its city?
1: Con- current, you know, in its current trajectory. I mean, yes. that that question could actually lead to some interesting conversation. You know, I mean, it's a basically, are we doing things right now, but in a, in a sort of roundabout way. Right.
0: How, and we could could we also ask a question like, do you think that do you think that Worcester's trajectory, you know, does Worcester's trajectory over the last decade, like, is that leading to something which which aligns well with your personal vision? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Or you know, along those lines as well too. Uh, you know, any other cities, uh, either in the Commonwealth or elsewhere in the country, or elsewhere in the world, that uh, you you would think have ideas that oh we yeah,
0: what what cities? Okay, so we got we got we got ideas. Like what cities? What what ideas from other cities would you like to see Worcester try? Um, you know, uh, uh,
1: people get so angry with the Providence is of Worc- Boston comparison. Is but, Worcester
0: a sustainable city? Chickens slots. That seems like four questions.
1: That, that's, yeah.
0: Plus three dumb questions. Yeah. If we can't do a whole interviews, long interview with people over that, we need to hang it up.
1: Yeah, it should probably be the last season.
0: We're running out of time. I want to run through who's going to run for office. In the past, we've actually gotten a, a good number of the challengers for the city council to come on this show. So we may be able to get more people this year on the show. And if you are running for office or you are involved with a campaign, please contact us at pieandcoffee at gmail.com, and we will be happy to have you on the show. And now you know the questions you're going to be asked. Challengers for city council. Again, incumbent Joe O'Brien, not running for re-election. Challengers. Bill Coleman, perennial candidate. Carmen Carmona, sometime candidate. Mesfin Bashir. Michael Gaffney. Mo Bergman active in the city, sometime candidate. Peter Cush and William Figba. Is it Figba? I don't, well, sorry, if we're mispronouncing your name. Incumbents on the council running for re-election, Mayor Joe Petty, Kate Toomey, Connie Lukes, Mike Germain, Rick Rushton. District one race will be between incumbent Tony Economu and challenger Chris Rich. District two between Emperor Palpatine and challenger Jonathan Cortez. District three, George Russell, unopposed. District four, Sarai Rivera, unopposed. Although I want to get her on the show because the last time I'm wrestling, I challenged her to arm wrestle, and we didn't have somebody to hold the camera, so I said I was going to arm wrestle. We still need to make this arm wrestling thing happen between. That's the test of strength.
1: Is it supposed to be Councillor Palpatine or Emperor, or Senator Palpatine? Wasn't it Senator? I mean, he wasn't. Senator. The, it wasn't the Emperor until after he had kind of. He wasn't really Palpatine at that point, You don't right? call him
0: Emperor Palpatine.
1: I don't know. I'm actually. Counselor I'm asking my, I'm I'm. I'm my my canon is you know I'm, just
0: the I'm, emperor
1: but we the palpatine like the thing last emperor. the Pel- palpatine thing is really what makes it sticky That's Counselor
0: a, palpatine someone,
1: versus Jonathan cortez there's going to be a viewer has the answer district
0: that. 5 this is the key thing district 5 the counselor who the, definitely the counselor who though he does not deserve he does not deserve all of the abuse that we have heaped on him mm-hmm. because we have heaped so much abuse on him on this program bill eddy incumbent in District 5, running against my favorite Worcester City <laughs> Councilor of all time, coming in as a challenger after years of triumphant elections for the school committee and the city council and everything else. Many years, the city council who got the most votes at large of anybody, Gary
1: Rosen. All in an effort to lose weight.
0: I love Gary Rosen so much. I disagree with Gary Rosen so much and I love him so much. I so, I'm so excited to see a Bill Eddy-Gary Rosen race for the District 5 seat. For the schools, we have incumbents O'Connell, Biancaria, Calorio, Foley, Monfredo, and Novick running for re-election. And we have challengers Doug Arbetter, Hilda Ramirez, Robert Cohane. If you are a challenger, give us a call. We'd love to have you on the show. If you're an incumbent, we will also consider it. We frequently have a no politician's rule, but I think we can bend it. Yeah, we'll for the
1: this, this season, I think it makes sense. It, it's a, In a way, it's unfair, I think, especially with contested district races as well, too. If somebody wants to come on, it's only fair to have uh, the incumbents on at the same time. We're
0: running out of time, Brendan. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you, too, Turtle Boy. We'll talk to you guys next week. Okay. Bye-bye.